0: it always a challenging gospel. You're trying to understand maybe what Jesus is referring to, this image of the kingdom of heaven being offered to everyone and being offered in so many different ways. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not weep. My first thought is how hard God tries to accommodate us, how hard God tries to reach us, each and every one of us, wherever we are on a regular basis, and if we are the Changing Ones, He'll meet us when we are up on the mountain in in consolation, in in great things, and He'll meet us when we're down in our sadness. He'll meet us through things that we see, through evidence of our eyes, the beauty of the world, the creation, the mysteries of our creation. He'll meet us in the heart, the goodness of a good deed, the the joy of, of, of kindness, of forgiveness, the peace that comes from virtue, the pangs that come from vice. He's constantly reaching out to us, constantly trying to get our attention. There's a phrase from St. Augustine, you called and you shouted after me. You broke through my deafness. But our Lord is determined to reach out to us, whether it's singing a, a song of joy or, 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 or kind of challenging us in some ways. I appreciate too the church, it has things like, I don't know, the teachings of love and, and, and peace and brothers and sisters and, and the joys of Christmas. And it has like warnings against sin and the last times. And the teachings of death and hell and punishment and Lent and Exodus 90 and things like that. like It just reach, tries to meet us everywhere, wherever we, we are. It's funny you try keeping Walker satisfied. It depends on what you use. But sometimes he's happy with this thing and sometimes Walker's not happy with this thing. You want to chase the switch to another thing just to keep Walker happy is impossible. Constantly some other thing is never satisfied. It's never enough. And I think that's my second point. It's like sometimes we are so fickle. No matter how hard our good father tries to accommodate us no matter how much love he pours out over us we can be so fickle so stubborn so determined to hold on to our own self-sufficient opinion of, of what he should do or what he shouldn't do or what the church should be and shouldn't be and we, we miss so much and God's saying today like I tried to meet you here and you wouldn't dance and I tried to meet you there and that wasn't enough for you and I tried to get your attention over there and you ignored me and I gave you this huge miracle, and you didn't write it down, and you already forgot about it. And you're sitting there saying, gosh, does God exist? Are you going to be there for me? I don't know. So fickle, so petty, so caught on the wrong wavelength. We are consumed with our, our feelings, which are here and all over the place, and, and not knowing how to let go of those things. We're, we're focused on our sinful desires. We're like, I, just, I can't let go of this desire. I have to have this thing. I'm just going to give in and sin. Or well, we're caught on our pride our stubbornness. We're caught on our rationalism, our cynicism. How many times the church offers us so many proofs for our faith, so many proofs for the existence of God, the reasons to follow the church. And it's like, no, I don't know. That one's got this little hole in it, so that's not enough. And I saw this priest do this thing, so that's not enough. And look at the church scandal, so I'm, I'm going to leave the Catholic church. I'm done. It's like, man, we, are, we, we just can be so fickle. And that's the mystery of mysteries. We can, we can separate ourselves from God in our pride and stubbornness, we can be that blind. And we can be the ones cutting off our lifeline. If you've ever read the book The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis, it's so many characters that he developed, and each one of them just determined to keep their own way, and unwilling to respond to the messenger God was sending to that person. It's a great book, The Great Divorce. It's an image like, like... purgatory and hell kind of thing. Sorry, purgatory and on the verge of heaven. And each one has the choice to go forward to heaven. And so many of them choose in their own pride. Nope, I'll stay here, thanks. We can do that. We simply pray, there's a prayer that we pray, the priest prays at every Mass, let me never be parted from you. It's a great prayer, very simple. Let me never be parted from you. Lord, you know my brokenness, you know my my stubbornness, you know my pride, you know my my dependence on my feelings and and on earthly consolations, and I will go with the flow of my temptations, and I don't know how to say no. Lord, let me never be parted from you. They used to teach us, it was a great habit. At the end of every day, the last prayer that you might pray might be with the Blessed Mother. This little visit, perhaps, to an image of hers or something, and just say, Mother, grant me final perseverance. Grant me the grace to persevere to the end. Because I know how wishy washy I can be. But grant me that grace. <laughs> the, the last washy would be an up. I don't know. <laughs> let me persevere to the end. We ask for intercession and the intercession of the martyrs who've gone before us. They laid down everything for their faith. And we can't even lay down a little giving up meat on a Friday. We're so petty. We pray for them to, for their intercession. We pray for God's help and grace for our own deepening conversion of heart. Lord, I am all in for you. Strip me not of you, but of those things that keep me from you. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.